appreciate the leading of the music tonight. Enjoy it always. Um, some of you have met my, my buddy Todd that come, came. He's pastor at First Baptist Monroe. And uh, he, he comes and we have lunch together every so often and we get together when we can now that I'm this close to him. We've, um, we, were, we were friends when I lived in Waynesboro. When I first moved to Waynesboro in 1994, he was the youth pastor at First Baptist Waynesboro and I was at Rosemont. And we became friends and just kind of hit it off even though, though I'm older than him, uh, he, uh, we, we really did hit it off, and, and we've gotten together some, and he, I'll be honest, he gave me the, kind of a little bit of the outline of the sermon that I'm doing tonight, he wanted, he gave it to me to do this, so I said, well, I'll take it and do my spin on it, and so, um, if you know Todd, which you don't, but, um, Todd is much more, um, well, he's just flat out smarter than I am, okay, he just is just a lot smarter than I am. Uh, but he, um, I, I look at things with a total different twist on it, and I think that's kind of why he did it. But he's really creative when coming up with, with um, themes, and he does sermon series, which I've, I've never been very good at doing sermon series, I, you, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> I haven't done really a series. I've just kind of scattered. I'm, I'm not saying that I won't ever, but I just am not as good. And, and he was doing one there um, celebrating world hunger, I guess, doing things with world hunger. So, so he's got hungry, got this, hungry, got milk, you know, hungry, got, and, and I think this is hungry, got honor God. And so we're talking about honoring God tonight. And um, it, it's in the scripture passage, is 2 Samuel, um, chapter 23, verses 8 to 17. I think that's right, 8 to 17. And those that are able, if you will stand while we read God's word. These are the names of David's mighty men. Josheb Basahabeth, a Tachabonite, was the chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodiah, the Ahohite, as one of the three mighty men. He was with David when he, they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pasdamon for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated. But he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shemah, son of Agi, the Herite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a full field of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shemah took his, his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. During harvest time, three of the thirty chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines were encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At the, that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, O Lord, to do this. He said, is, is it not the blood of men who went at a risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. You may be seated. God, God bless the reading of his word. 
Kirby Smart is mentioned. I know y'all know who he is. Some kind of coach at Georgia or something. Um, he says, you are either elite or you're not. Obviously, Georgia's got an elite team this year when it comes to football, at least. Um, unfortunately, so is Alabama. But um, they, he says you're either elite or you're not. Well, this scripture passage talks about some of David's elite soldiers. These were mighty men. These were impressive. We had Josheb Basahabeth, nice name. We're going to call him Josh. He killed 800 men in a single battle. Eleazar, we'll call him El. El fought so long, his hand froze to the sword. Can you imagine? I know you all have had muscle cramps. Can you imagine so much that it's frozen to the sword? He kept fighting and, and after others had retreated. He kept on fighting, even though everybody else left him. Then we have Shema, we'll call him Sham, was abandoned, um, and was abandoned and was stood in a field by himself, and, but refused to give up ground and won a mighty battle. These were elite soldiers. These were the best of the best of the best. Um, it is very unusual to come and see those kind of things. They lived, they loved their king, they fought for their king, they respected and honored him no matter what. So the story takes place in the cave of Adullam, which King David had used before. If you remember the story, King David hid there when Saul was after him. And so now it's become a place of um, command central. You know, it's kind of the center of the command, and that's where he's meeting his folks there. He's down there. And so he's, the Philistines had occupied Bethlehem, and so he's out there, and it's about 10 miles from Bethlehem, okay? So if you've got to get your bearings, 10 miles. Now remember, they did not have cars, right? There were no cars in, in this time. They probably didn't even have horses or chariots. They may or may not have. We don't know. But I do know that my granddaughter just um, came in ninth place in a cross country, and she ran 2.1 kilometers, which is not, not two miles. It's, you know, it's less than two miles. And it took her 13 minutes and 36 seconds. It was a new record for her, 13 minutes. In other words, we know if you get a four-minute mile running, that's a great time, right? So you could do the math. More than likely, it takes 10 minutes to walk a mile. Give or take. For people used to walking, it would probably take 10 minutes. It would take me 30 minutes to walk a mile, probably. Uh, but uh, you see what I'm saying? It was not a small feat for them to go this 10 miles. And so David's sitting there reminiscing about days gone by and about the great water that Bethlehem has. Now, have y'all ever thought about the days gone by, some of the things you've res reminisced about, about childhood things? You know, um, it brought back memories of a simpler time. I, you know, I think back when I was a kid, R.C. Cole and a moon pie. Yeah. Oh, some of y'all been in my day, right? Uh, you, you know, it could have been, um, I we used to go to the corner store, go down, my grandma had, they had a couple of stores down in Deep Creek, Virginia, which I know all of you know exactly where that is. I would, I would, it, it's on the eastern shore of Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay, and they had a little, couple of little stores, and one of them had a place where they'd slice the luncheon meat. And, you know, they'd slice luncheon meat for you, and they had 
Um, my other grandmother lived in Crisfield, Maryland. You probably don't know where that is either. It's also on the eastern shore, but only on the Maryland part. And she, my Aunt Ruby, ran a general store. And if I went down there, my Aunt Ruby would let me get a little bag of candy. She had all the candy and the things, you know. And, and I could pick what I wanted, and she always just gave it to me. She never let me buy it. She always get because that was my Aunt Ruby who looked out for me. And then I'd walk back to my other grandmother's house. But what I'm saying is those are simple times, things that we just kind of go, oh, to have an RC cola and a moon pie right about now would be just perfect, wouldn't it? Well, that was David. He was thinking, boy, if I just had a drink of water from that Bethlehem well, boy, that would make my life really good. And unfortunately, he did it out loud to some people that loved and cared and wanted to honor him. Now, I like to give cool gifts, especially to Janet. If I want to give Janet a gift or something, if I even think she might want it, I'd go get it. You know, she doesn't even really have to really want it. But if I hear her act like she does, I'll go get it for her because I want to honor her. I want to take. I, I love her. I want to take care, but do stuff for her. I want to find ways to do that. Well, that's. He said this out loud, his mighty man, Josh, El, and Sham decided to go get some water for him. Now, not only did they go the 10 miles, they had to go through the Philistines to get there. So, I mean, this was not a small task. This was not something, well, I'll just run down the street, grab a bottle of water, and come back. You know, that, it didn't work that way. And so they did this. It made Jack and Jill look kind of funny going up their hill, getting their pants you know, on there. Y'all catch on to that one in a minute, too. <laughs> But why would they do that? I mean, why would these guys do this? Because of their love and honor for their king, David. David had always done that. They risked greatly for that. And who would you risk doing almost anything for? Think about it. There's probably less than a handful of people that you would risk anything for. Now, many of you have been in the military. You risked your life for your country. That's part of what it is these men knew how much David loved and honored God if you remember David kind of risked everything going up against Goliath when he was a youth what up what he went he was what he was appalled at what Goliath was saying about God their God and how these people were cowering and saying don't we serve the mighty God can't he take this battle he could take this silly giant and you know, all the, all the soldiers were what? They were afraid. Nobody really wanted to risk it. But David said, I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. And he, everyone else was fearing Goliath. But he knew, David knew, his faith in his God, he knew he could take care of things. Mighty men can take care of things. They accomplish great tasks. And God allowed him to accomplish those great tasks. If you also remember, David refused to go against Saul. He even hid in that cave so he wouldn't have to go against Saul. Why did he, David do that? David honored God by honoring what the one God had anointed because he knew God had anointed Saul. Saul was the king. Who was, it, he, who was he to go against him? Even though everybody wanted him to, even though he could have easily taken Saul, Saul was in a bad place. Saul had really lost favor with God. And, but David knew that he could not go up against it. He could have taken care of it, but he refused. So he had earned the honor and respect and love of his people. He really had. They, they knew his exploit. Trust me, word got around. They knew everything David had done. They knew about his friendship with Jonathan. They knew about all of it. They knew. 
these men respected and honored David enough to risk death or recapture or both or you know they either one they don't know but they could have gotten captured just to get him water just to get this special water they traveled far and fought hard to get this to accomplish this and then David did the unthinkable he poured it out <laughs> I'd have cried. You know, if I'd have been his man, I'd have gone, you got to be kidding me. We did all this, and you're going to what? However, he didn't just pour it out. He gave it back to God. He sacrificed it for God. It seemed like a slap in the face to some of us. But I think even his warriors understood when he honored it and gave it up to God. He showed honor back to these men and to God by saying, Look, you did a mighty thing, and I, was, I am humbled by it. He was totally humbled by it. Now, most kings, that would have been great. You did this for me, I deserve it. Not David. He goes, Whoa, <laughs> this, is, this is above the thing. This is, this is too much. This is more than I could even think about. You all risked everything to this. It humbled him because he was a servant leader. David was a servant leader. He wasn't just a leader. He was there to serve his country, his God, his men. He was there to serve them. And when they do that, he wanted to show that. And he had, he had hidden in this cave in times past. He'd use that as a thing. Now it was a place, it was a serving place for his men. He wanted to honor them by honoring God and show them that this was way too much. They went over the top to, to, to honor him and glorify, really glorified him, really. He said, no, I don't deserve this kind of treatment. That was a true act of humiliation and a, and a humility that enabled him to turn to them, honor his men that way. He then honored God by offering it up as a sacrifice, pouring it out. He gave up. Something he really, really wanted. This was something he desired. This was a priceless gift. You think about it. What he had just been given was a priceless gift. And he says, I'm unworthy of this priceless gift. I have to turn it back over to God. Think about that. What do we give back to God that is a priceless gift because we just are unworthy? You know, we struggle giving back anything, don't we? I mean, we really do. This was going to be great personal enjoyment. Enjoyment. It was going to be a, tr it's a tremendous gift, but he gave it back. I, I just think about that and go, wow. That, he, he really, that was, we talk about sacrificial giving sometimes at church. That was sacrificial giving. When you give back something that was priceless to him and give it back to God. But then aren't we to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God? Because Jesus gave all he was to save us. God gave a priceless gift to us. Think about that priceless gift. He gave his son. Folks, I love y'all. I love some people. I can't think of a person I'd give my son to, give his son up for. I'll be honest, I can't. 
I should be able to, I should be able to, you know, I should say that, but when it really comes down to it, I don't know if I could just give up my son. I, I would love to see God take use him, and that way I can see, but I cannot fathom doing something like that. He gave us a gift that we must treasure and give ourselves back to him, offer ourselves up to Christ, to God, because of what God's done for us, the gift that was given for us so that we could understand just how much he loves and cares and has given to us. Um, there's a guy by the name of Eric Fellman. He worked for Guy Post Magazine. Most of you know Guy Post Magazine. Um, he helped organize the National Prayer Day um, for about the last 24 years. For about 24 years, he, he uh, helped organize the National Day of Prayer. And um, he met a couple in Hong Kong. He was over there traveling in China. And a friend arranged for him to meet this um, guy that had just been released from prison in China. And he, he went to the house, and the, and the man opened doors. He, he was about 60-something years old. He was in his 60s. And... and and went in to meet him, and he was already going, uh-huh, these guys are going to ask me to um, take Bibles back and go into China with these Bibles, and i got to find a way to get out of that because I don't want to do that. That's dangerous, and I could be in trouble, and I could be in prison, and so I just don't know that I can do that. But I'm going to go meet this guy. And then he noticed there was this lady that came and brought, this woman brought some tea to him, and he, and he kind of noticed their interaction between the two, the, the man, the 60-year-old man and this lady, and he noticed they kind of acted like school children. They were kind of giddy around each other and all that. Well, he found out they were newlyweds. And in their 60s, they were newlyweds. And then they started telling the story. This man was in seminary. He was a seminary student at Nanking Seminary in China. In 1949, he was engaged to be married to this woman. And on the day of their rehearsal, he and several other seminary students were seized and taken to hard labor prison by the, by the Chinese. So he's, and then she was allowed to come visit him one day a year. Every year she could come one day. And after the day that she visited, after she left, they would call him in and say, now, if you will renounce Christianity and say you're not a Christian, we'll let you go home to her. And every year he'd say, no, I can't renounce my Christianity. And he did this every year for all these years, for 30 years, 40 years, maybe 30 years. And think about that, how that must have been, how much stress. And, and, and Eric asked him, you know, was, how did you handle the stress and, and, the, and, and, and that for so long? And he goes, with all Christ gave me, how could I say no? How could I not do that? I had to, to renounce my Christianity. I had to say I was a Christian. I couldn't renounce my Christianity because of Christ, what all Christ did for me. Well, the next day, Eric went to China with a suitcase crammed full of Bibles and materials, and he decided, I'm not going to lie. If they ask me what's in there, I'm going to tell them. They never searched them. They didn't look. You see... God is faithful. He is there for us. And he still has mighty warriors out there working for him. It could be one of you. 
could be me. And my guess is all of you at some point or another have been mighty warriors for Christ. These things happen because God allows us to go and do things that are really beyond what we think we can do. Things that we never thought could ever happen. That's what he could do. Mighty warriors that honor God still exist. Are we going to be one of them? Are we going to be part of those mighty warriors? These three men were mighty warriors for David. They honored David, they honored God. David honored God by giving that precious gift back to God. He is giving us opportunities to be mighty warriors for him. We just have to be willing to accept that wonderful gift that he gave us and then turn back and give ourselves up to him as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to our Savior and Lord, the one who gave everything for us. That is being a mighty warrior, and we can be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and what it teaches. We thank you for your many blessings. And Lord, we thank you for stories like this that teach us how people seem to step up and move on and follow you even when times seem difficult or we struggle. Whatever comes our way, we have a hard time sometimes, Lord. We need your strength. We need your influence in our lives, your presence in our lives and everything we do. I thank you, Lord, for your presence here and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is our time of invitation. We invite you to come if you'd like to receive Christ as a Savior or if you'd like to unite with the church. Any decision you may have, we invite you to come as we sing.